Hi, welcome to AWR Chronicles. I'm Ayana. And I'm Nilsa. And it's been a while. We know we've been extremely busy and then we were away, so we couldn't take any moment to actually record an, a new episode. But we're back now and hopefully for good. So in our last couple of episodes, if we exclude the whole Oscar situation, that from the, yes, from the AWR sidelines, uh, we basically covered a few financial things and used ourselves as the example, like how we budget ourselves, how we manage our money or try to, how we manage our savings or long-term financial planning or try to again. So for today's episode, we'll be wrapping up this finance topic with savings and investments more specifically. So in terms of savings and or investments, I guess Ayana and I are at the very different stages. I would say we got to the conclusion that you're not good with savings. I try, but not always good either. I can confidently say that the only savings I have at the moment are the ones that are invested, which is, I guess, not bad, but not perfect either. I have a pension. <laughs> that doesn't count as savings. It's saving for my future. What? And I didn't even want it. <laughs> that still doesn't count. That's Especially enough. because that pension that you have, it's not going to be enough anyways. I know. Okay. So when, when let, let's start from the most obvious question. When do you think people should start saving? The smart thing, realistically, would be to say, as soon as you get like your first job and stuff, or whatever it is, you should start saving. However, practicality for me would dictate in when you have enough money to cover your expenses, so your, your, your core bills, like your rent, mortgage, your utilities, your food, and like a certain amount to kind of go out, and then anything extra that you make should be saved. But not everyone gets there, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, when I would say, just adding up on what Ayana said, when she says saving, maybe like save one percentage for emergency fund that is mm. easily accessible for anything that could happen. And then the other one for a more long-term saving, which mm. could be something that you're planning to do in the future, like buying a house, creating whatever it is or something like that. When did you start thinking about saving i guess we we covered this before saving is not our forte but (laughs) growing up i only heard about savings for things like buying house and holidays or not even holidays but things that we could obtain like saving for a car saving for a Mm. house saving to upgrade a house or upgrade your car and so on and then like many people around me would wish saving for kids and things like that which are all things that are not necessarily relevant to me, mainly because I feel like our generation, <laughs> even us saving alone, will not give us a house. Mm. So those of us that can afford, that have parents, family, relatives, um, support, will probably uh, obtain it. But most of us, the big majority of us won't. So I think millennials mainly, and I feel like Gen Z probably also will struggle with yeah Yeah. i think we got like the the fun parts of like everyone in the generations before being like oh but why are you guys not saving why are you guys not having this without actually really considering the fact that they're an age where realistically their mortgage is probably paid off or almost paid off Mm. they've got loads more kind of experience they probably there's probably two people in a household whether it's legal or illegal whatever it is there's people to support them Mm. They grew up in a whole generation where it's so much easier to just get a house and live like as everyone 
should know the cost of living has gone up yes. by like an insane amount like our bills my like my electric bill is so high i just i don't look at it anymore so the other day it left my account and i nearly had a panic attack um i didn't see what it was for i just saw the amount mm. and the people were like yeah but you should just you should still save and it's like great that's all well and good but with all these costs going up the actual margin I have to save has drastically decreased. Hmm. I, I, what I love is when you hear people from the older generation say, we should just stop going to McDon McDonald's, to Starbucks. We love that. And eating avocados to they be able to afford the house when you don't actually think that the amount we spend and how much we earn and how much we actually need to buy a house, regardless of the country, those numbers have increased incredibly. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like that. There's a high percentage of people like living at home as well for like a lot longer. Mm. We can say that we will try to save. We can't always save. And for our generation in general, it's hard to save. Mm. Now, when we think of investments, would you say the the picture changes? No, same thing. I think the idea of investments... Investing is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it shouldn't be, but especially because who needs to invest more is who has the least uh, or the least knowledge yeah. to do so. But it's, I think even when you take out like, the knowledge and stuff, the idea that you would put your money into something that you can't necessarily touch immediately, that there's, it's not necessarily accessible. It can be building up and growing and multiplying and everything. And that's great for the long term. Mm. But I think there's a level of, there needs to be a balance of both deferred gratification and immediate gratification. Yes. You need to be able to say, okay, I have money now that I can use to do something if shit hits the fan. Mm. But on the other hand, you also need to have money away that's going to build up in the background for your future, for like future you. And I, I think that idea is what makes it the idea of investment a privilege. Like I, I know people that are like, yeah, I've invested like loads of my money. I'm like, great, but you can't go anywhere right now. <laughs> You can't do anything right now. Like your boiler is broken. You have no money. Now you have to take out a line of credit to pay for that. And now your your outgoings are higher. Exactly. Because all of that money that you're investing is is, is locked away. It's, mm. it's stored away being, it's growing and that's great. But you still needed money outside of that. Exactly. And I guess for me, I only started investing very recently. And I started like with a very basic stocks and share, which is something that I think anyone can do. There's also a cash version, which it would be ridiculous to even think about it because inflation rates, it, you would be better off just to putting that money into like an active savings account. Hmm. So yeah, that's how I started. And to be honest, these days, there are more ways that you can do so with as little as a pound per month, which would still make a difference than not doing it at all or just putting it into the bank um, at the end of every month. But again, it comes down to education, awareness. For me, I think it's the barriers to do it. It's more to do with education and awareness yeah. as opposed to not actually having money. Because let's be honest, you can always find, um, now going back to that we should all be stopping uh, going to McDonald's to buy uh, McDonald's, Starbucks to be able to afford a house. But yeah, if you reduce, instead of going out to eat twice a month, if you reduce it for like once or even go to a, a more more cost-effective place, in one mm. of the occasions you go out. And then if instead of you having coffee every day out, maybe grab a mug and do coffee or tea at, in the house and take it with you. 
And then that money can go into something like, and this is not a sponsor sponsor at all, something like Moneybox, uh, Wealthify, uh, even yeah. Marguerite Limestone, even though for them you need a bit more money, or uh, Nutmeg, something like that. One of those platforms where you can even invest the roundups of whatever expenses you do using your cards that are linked to the account. Um, so those ways are good ways to start. And obviously not many people know of them because it goes back to that education thing that we talked about in our previous episode. Episodes. If you're not in certain circles, or if you're not, if you don't come across the type of content, you wouldn't know it exists. I guess these days the talk has been going around mainly because of cryptocurrencies and F- NFTs, yeah. which I don't think it should be the way to go. Especially the younger generation more in touch with finances and investing. I think that's literally like the worst way to do so. It but, just kind of promotes the idea of immediate gratification, right? Exactly. Which I'm thinking of the longer term. Yes, which is not not the purpose, not possible, and just ends up in the scams that you hear. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think it would still make things more accessible. I mean, these days I see, uh, I remember before I would never see ads from banks or investment companies in any social media. But now I see, because now NatWest, for instance, they're very good with engaging with younger generations, especially women as well. And they have lots of programs to engage people with finances and investing in general and through that they have uh, ambassadors there are influencers across different age groups and you can see them in socials these days so i think that's the way to go i don't know i think it's this is me thinking like more longer term because you know what i say this in the next way possible our generation just gonna have to fend for ourselves (laughs) but i think the very least we can do is try to teach or make sure you're around people that understand money and how money works. Yeah. To teach the next generation. Like if you have kids, making sure that you are teaching them, here's here's how the world works, here's how tax works, here's how X, Y, and Z works, and here's how that's going to impact you as you get older. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, now, that's the way to go because if people in our age, like me and you, we're not going to be taught to schools. I know a lot of schools are starting to add finances to their programs like earlier yeah. but we're already past that age so the only exactly. way, the only way we'll get to hear about it is in the social media through someone we know in our network or through work yeah so like we, it's nice we're, we're fending for ourselves yeah exactly so but, but i think that like yeah. even um one of my friends she's got um i don't know how old he is mm-hmm. i want to say he's eight I, I feel like i'm gonna call them tomorrow and he'd be like he's 12 but <laughs> he's a, he's a younger than it but what she does and um, what her and her partner do um, he gets pocket money. So imagine he gets £20 a week or something like that. And then she will take a certain amount of money out of that as like tax and NI. Mm. But she's not keeping that money. She actually puts it away for him. So in his, um, so he has like another savings account. So they both save money, put that in a saving account for him. He has his own money that comes in. 30% of the £20 a week goes into that savings account as well. That's That's amazing. But yeah, but he ha- he has an idea of it, he- and they've explained and said, "Look, this is how much you would get as a gross. Mm. This is how much you get after your deductions, your basic deductions of your tax and your NI. Mm. This isn't going to include anything like your pension or mm. like student loan or whatever, because actually that's irrelevant to him. He's either eight or twelve. I really don't know. <laughs> but in his mind, he already expects. Okay." So when he's get as he gets older, he doesn't think of things as, oh, I'm going to earn a job, um, a job saying it's going to pay me 25k a year as like a starting salary. Mm. He already anticipates that it's going to be a lot lower. 
in actuality. So he's already prepped for that. So he's not excited. He's not overly excited by the idea of money coming in. He mm. has a realistic expectation of what money is and how it moves in the real world. Mm-hmm. And he also now has like more savings than both of us combined. <laughs> that's that's how we, it literally that's how it should be. I have many friends, and I guess it again it goes back to a cultural thing. Mm. White friends in Portugal, many of them, even if not their parents, their grandparents would have opened a savings account for them when they were born. Yeah. Like my best friend Carla, literally her grandma opened an account for her when she was born. And by the time she was 18, the grandma like gave her the account. She she used that to pay for university, which obviously in Portugal is much cheaper than here. But yeah, that's that's basically it. People need to start and think about it. Because from I'm thinking with our generation, people, there's no way else we would be able to afford a house without help to buy ISA, for instance. Yeah. Or something like that. For those that don't have family members that could give them the money or support them. I, I was going to say borrow, but I forget I forget why people actually give their kids money. That's wild. Yeah, literally. <laughs> they don't say, I'm letting you borrow this. You have to pay it back. They're just like, here you go, babe. I'm trying to think of the amount of money my mom would owe me. I would be a billionaire at this point. My mom has a tab. <laughs> your mom has a tab. At least my mom just doesn't know. Your mom has a tab. Mom, mom has a tab of how much I owe her. Your, I love your mom, you know. I have no money to pay her back. I love your mom. You're, she's amazing. That's just, that's, this is just <laughs> it's stressful. It's just vibes. And now at that stage of my life, I'm like, I could never ask my mom for nothing, you know. It ain't worth it. It is not worth it. I, I hope she, she knows that. I don't know, you know. Maybe she thinks one day. To summarize, you should start investing as soon as you can, as soon as you can afford it. Actually, don't think that you have to, inv- to save £100 per month. Base it off of what you spend, what you earn, what you spend, and how you want to live. I would also say don't be afraid of money. Mm. Like, actually looking at your expenses will save you so much time, so much stress. Because if you're actually looking at it, you know where it's going, you know what you can change, and you know what you can save. Exactly. Like, hiding away from money isn't something that we should be doing. Mm. And it won't help you either. Yeah, it it will just screw you up. It will fuck you up. It's not even... Actually, this is an advice for you as well. Not ignoring the the, the the things that you don't want to look at won't mean you still won't have to pay for it. I think that's a life lesson. <laughs> don't ignore things that are blatantly in front of you. <laughs> won't go away just because you're not. Just because you do. Like, ignorance is not bliss, yeah. Ignorance is, it just means you're ignoring the problem while it stares in your eye. Exactly. So yeah, don't think you have to save a lot to save. Do it within your means. If you earn, let's say, £100, you spend 70 of it in bills and things like that, and you want to have some pleasure, obviously, take 20 of it, so there will be 90. And then from those 10 that stays, put five in a, like an emergency pot and then save the other five for longer period. You don't have to know what longer means yet, mm. but just keep it there and don't touch it. Yeah. So yeah, that that's for for saving. And if you have kids or family members, talk to them about it. Because people, even those that are close to us, we don't always talk about money. Yeah, it's just not a comfortable conversation. Mm, but it's something that we should do. And yeah, get comfortable talking about money. Like there's, it's just money, especially at the end of the day. <laughs> especially if you if you are from a ethnic background, yeah, like us. 
I think it's easier to it's easy to acknowledge or like you see people with money and they have a weird relationship where they have a lot of money they spend it so quickly because they still have an unhealthy relationship with money mm-hmm. talking and addressing monetary things and like finances is actually very important to manage things properly yes and i think for people from ethnic backgrounds that comes down especially black people that comes down to us being told or shown throughout our upbringing throughout our lifetime by society in general that we're not worth as much are not worthy of being seen or being heard so that becomes so ingrained that people we use whatever we can acquire to add worth to ourselves because we don't see ourselves as worthy yeah and so i think that's where that's why you don't see in mainly black neighborhoods you don't see the things that are necessary for a good development in society you'll see a school but you'll be like i'm not so good you won't see programs in the same way you see in other communities you won't Mm -hmm. see like banks you won't see things that are necessary for communities to grow and thrive that's yeah that's it and in terms of investments like savings don't think you can't do it just because you can't afford it don't be scared of it but obviously don't invest everything you don't have. Don't think you need thousands to start it. Just Google, look into it, ask around. Mm. There are so many Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups. Actually, don't go Facebook groups, go LinkedIn groups of people that are in the industry, their mentor, help others. They are not as aware of the entire industry Yeah. on ways to start. So yeah, just do your own research. Reach out to people. Don't be scared. Don't I mean. Fear. If you guys have questions, there are like loads of like free seminars you can kind of like mm-hmm. attend online and stuff just to yeah. kind of get yourselves up to scratch. And if you like drop us a line on any of our social media, we'll be happy to kind of guide you in that direction. A, a great platform that is a great place to start is, um, especially for women, women in banking and finance. It can be used for anyone, but um, they focus obviously in women and bringing also men into the discussion and they have lots of teaching materials things that you can look events many things there's a lot of platforms out there some companies like natwest they have great programs to help people get more invested with their finances and investments so yeah there there are ways out there there are platforms like monzo moneybox wealthify and things like that that will allow you to invest even just the roundups of whatever you use in your cards as little as a pound a month so yeah just get out there get started on it you're already too late basically yeah just do what you can now yeah and don't be so overwhelmed with the idea so i was talking to someone the other day about this they said it feels so weird and so adult to have to save money and i'm like babe we're 27 yes literally yes. <laughs> Uh, when do you want to feel adult? When you, <laughs> we are adults. <laughs> we are the adults here. <laughs> but we, I think there's a because we haven't been taught everything, and we are so our entire like upbringing, especially in like the education system, is we're we're fed information that is supposed no. to aid us in life. But this wasn't any of it, so it just feels a bit foreign, mm-hmm. especially if no one around you was teaching you about it. Um, or you just don't necessarily consider it. I always say try and consider it. Just it's it's a part of life. At the end of the day, yeah. Trying to save money, making money, uh, investing your money, and multiplying your money is all a part of life at this point. We are in a Western society. This is the game that we're in. Especially if you're from a working class with no uh, family wealth 
or yeah. that won't inherit any family wealth and you're looking to retire comfortably, that's the only way because the pension pots from your work life alone won't be enough to cover your yeah. retirement costs unless you want to be nearly homeless when you're... Yeah, it's just not practical. When you retire. You just got to you gotta just kind of get up and do it kind of deal and stop. It's like, it seems more daunting than it actually is. Like, even if you don't want to go through the whole process of putting all the information on an app or whatever, mm. you want to be a bit old school, pull up a spreadsheet on Excel. <laughs> That's what I did recently for my budgeting. You have to, like, just fill it up and look at it and be like, oh, God. And then move. You've seen it now. The shock is done. Yeah, because once you... Oh, well on it, just move. Once you start putting your earning expenses down, you'll see where your money is going unnecessarily. Mm. And you'll see where you can actually find money to do that. Yeah. And especially, you got to be honest with yourself about where your money is going. Exactly. Yeah. You can't lie. Like, I look at my expenses all the time and I'm like, I did not need to spend this. Mm -hmm. But it's done now. That's my thought. I need to change that to, I don't need it, so I'm not going to buy it. Mm. The thing that shocked me the most was obviously family money. That that goes a lot, a lot of it goes into it. But thankfully, that's coming to an end. My brother's finished school. There's no more tutoring needed or anything like that. But I had so many subscriptions. I had I have over thirty subscriptions, and yeah. once I put them all down, I was like, Wilza, you don't need those thirty subscriptions." And I managed to cut to just like the ones that were needed for business and and like minimum entertainment. Yeah, I don't want to do that to my entertainment. <laughs> I know I should. I'm I'm going I'm going to at some point. I just don't want to do it yet. Okay. Right. I think that's another thing. Acknowledging that you should and then planning to act planning and then actually doing it is a, is very important. Like you can't not everyone's just going to be on it. Like Nils is way stricter than I am with like things that, that happen in her life. I run on vibes. It's mainly because for me, my, I don't, I don't leave my my expenses are not just my own. That's mainly why. Exactly, but my expenses are all my own. I am very much just like, well, we're here now. Yeah, that's why I aspire, I aspire to get to. It's not great. I don't even look at them as much as I should. Um, I just acknowledge that I have a certain amount of money every month, and then I spend a certain amount of money every month, and sometimes. I'll have money left over, which I probably could invest or save, but I, I don't. But you know what? From June, I'm going to have to start doing that because you know what? I already said, I don't, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the podcast. I'm moving to bloody Mexico. I need money for this. Exactly. Let's see. Okay. Uh, I think we can wrap this up now. Cool. So hope this into this final part of finances. We might come back to this topic again once we learn and improve. Actually, let's catch up in six months to see how we're doing ourselves. Yeah, we hope you found this useful. So do tune back in on whichever platform you use to listen to your podcast from. Do follow us on socials, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Rate this podcast five stars only, please. Share with share with people that you think might benefit from this content hopefully we won't scare them too much and we'll see you in the next episode oh yeah and if you guys have any like kind of suggestions for what you'd like to hear us talk about next time drop us like a message on like twitter or tiktok or instagram or you can email us at contact at awlconnoisseurgroup.com yep yep that's it all right we will speak to y'all or you will hear us soon yeah (laughs) See ya. Bye.